physical media and entertainment from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of From Screen to Shelf, the podcast about entertainment, physical media, and everything in between from the silver screen to the palm of your hand. And I am joined, as always, by my two gracious gentlemen colleagues here, Chase. Chase. And Gabe. Gabe. Whole squad today. Welcome. Yeah, we got the squad back. I, I welcome back. Will. I missed the last couple of uh, of podcasts, but these guys did a fantastic job without me. In fact, it was kind of nice. I watched the videos after the fact and said, "Yeah, they got it. You know, they're good. <laughs> you know, we can hold it down." We know you were yeah, busy yeah. looking for the Exorcist Believer Steelbook, trying to find a Best Buy that had it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to. I'm I'm doing what that guy did with uh, what is it? Weddings, love, and other disasters, where he bought like 500 and something copies of it. I'm trying, trying to, to do the same thing with Exorcist. <laughs> Listen, dude, it's just I'm trying to support the art form. You know, you got to keep you got to keep film alive, and it, it's just a matter of it's it's preservation at this point. I mean, it's a movie that needs to be preserved for future generations so they can look back. Uh, and learn from this time period. Uh, it's going to probably hit the national, like congressional. What is it? The uh, library of Congress. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Films that are know. culturally and socially you significant. Know. You know, it's yeah. it's important. Yeah, peak you cinema know. sends a sellout. I mean, dude, I want my grandkids to one day look back and say, "Wow, this is what they enjoyed back then." I mean, this is this will, this is what this. was all the rave. You know, so I don't want them to see it at all. <laughs> Just no, 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 not that one off the shelf. No, no, no. They can watch <laughs> well, the first one all they want, and they can, you know, they, mm. can, they can see the most gory and violent scene in it, and I'll be fine, but don't watch Believer mm. <laughs> whatsoever. Well, fortunately for all our listeners, but not for Chase, we're not going to be talking about <laughs> Exorcist Believer today. We're going to be talking about the Dune films, the David Lynch's film from 1984, as well as the more recent incarnation, the 2021 uh, well, it was initially scheduled for release in 2020, but as we all know, due to COVID, it got pushed back. But the uh, the more recent incarnation by Warner Brothers and Legendary Pictures, Dune, from 2021. Uh, and then we'll get into maybe a little bit of, uh, I guess we could say, like anticipation talk regarding Dune Part 2, which will yeah. release in theaters March 1st. Just uh, just days away, everybody. Days away, folks. Yep. We're stoked. So do, you, do either of you guys want to open up uh, for 1984 for David Lynch's film? I just watched it the other day. So, I mean, it's pretty fresh in my mind. I don't know about you guys. I know, Chase, you were checking it out. Um, yeah, it's on right now. Recently. But, yeah, he's he's got it on his TV. He's actually watching it. <laughs> he's as we, playing as in the background. <laughs> it's on in the background. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can actually open it up because, like, the the, the, the goofiest scene is what's playing right now. Um, I, I have admiration for this movie just because like camp goofiness, I, I always appreciate, um, you know, it, it's different from what Lynch typically does, but even he's unsatisfied with the end product due to st studio interference. He's been on record mm -hmm. saying that like, he doesn't like talking about it. You know, he has better films out there, um, but it yeah. gets brought up a lot. Um, you can definitely tell they wanted this to be star Wars, even though, you know, Dune was the source material that star Wars took a lot of inspiration from. Um, from like the weirding ways and stuff like that. And uh, the goofiest scene is like right now, uh, whenever Patrick Stewart and the lead actor, Paul Atreides, uh, who plays Paul Atreides, are like doing that little duel and they activate <laughs> their shields and they look like <laughs> Minecraft characters. And you um, can't even see them in the shields. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just looks like they're engulfed in solid jello. So it's it's just really goofy. <laughs> you know but what I it love looks it. like to me too? It, it looks like SARS from um, uh, the robot from interstellar That's oh yeah yeah. Me. yeah like just yeah. The, the way that the movements were on it too but yeah the minecraft is probably a better better description yeah. it just looks so goofy like they didn't want to take the time but even then i'm pretty sure there's times in here where they are able to do outlines on people because yeah. it happens you know but instead they get this goofy you know but like they're about to transform and roll out but um no the other thing is that dude's eyebrows piss me off like on a Dude, whole new level oh man i hate brad duriff I just yeah, I just All need the, to take it's a the, what razor. are they called? Hentats? Is that what they're called? Or hentats? Yeah, like the, the all their eyebrows. Oh, the are like, yeah, yeah the man, it's just golly, man. It's just eyebrows, dude. It invokes a spirit in me. I didn't know it was possible every time it it shows up on the screen. <laughs> With the red like, lips, like all smeared and everything too. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's just super goofy. 
Um, but yeah, other than that, I do think the the lead actor with what he was given, he does a pretty good job. I mean, of course, then you have Timothy Chalamet that ends up coming, which we'll touch base on later. Mm, it puts yep. it to shame, but I think for what was presented here, outside of you know trying to be a little too Star Wars esque, I, I think there's mm. a lot to admire about the movie. I actually do kind of like like the final duel whenever it comes to um, Fader Altha and mm-hmm. Paul Atreides. I think it's pretty well done. And then whenever he's leading, um, who are the people in the desert uh, when they the become Fremen. like the, the Fremen. Fremen? Yeah, yeah. Whenever he's leading the Fremen and stuff like that, I think there's some good parts in there. Um, I, I think the uh, love interest again. I forget her name. I'm horrible with characters' names, but uh, the love interest Shani, that's prevalent. Yeah, uh, that's prevalent throughout pretty much most of um, the Dune series. She she does a decent job, you know. She plays mm. like that little outcast type of approach really well. Mm-hmm. His mom does a good job, but other than that, um, I find the 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 hand part where he puts his hands in the box a little bit goofier in this one. I think twenty twenty one kills it. Yeah, um, twenty twenty one was much better at uh, yeah doing that. Yeah, that. yeah, like um, it didn't portray the intense moments really really well, but also like. you can't talk about these movies. I know Gabe, you're getting close to finishing it. Will, if I'm Mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, you haven't read the books I've read up till like, I've read all the Frank Herbert ones before his brother took over the series after he passed away. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the books, the books are very politically driven in in politics in their world, you know, like even some of the more action oriented scenes are definitely more drawn out. Like one of the most climactic scenes in the book right before, Mm -hmm. you know, the big fight between fade and um paul paul like mm-hmm. the whole like the baron coming down you know you know fuck this planet and stuff like that the big war it's yeah. not that long in the book i'm sure you you had to have gone past that part gabe because it's like a third yeah. of the way through the book it's not that long and it lasts pretty short and like even then pages, like yeah it's only a handful of pages it's very short but i mean you, you've got to draw that out otherwise people are going to get bored you know what i mean yeah. Um, you know, you've, you've got to take that approach, but I think it does that really, really well. Like the biggest, most pivotal, pivotal part is like the betrayal aspect. And I won't spoil that for anybody that hasn't, or, or, I mean, this is a spoiler cast, but I don't want to spoil the book. Cause I think the book does it really well. Um, like whenever he's like, oh, wow, you're the one that betrayed us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe in Dune 2021, it touches base on that. This one did it. Okay. Yeah. A little bit goofy, a little bit comical. But for the most part, I, I I think for what it was and what it with the studio, I don't want to say what Lynch wanted it to be. Yeah, I I think it's 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 decent. The practical effects are really good. Whenever it comes yeah. to the Baron and everything mm-hmm. like that, they do a really well, like good job of portraying him as a slob, everything like that, or the Emperor. Um, to like the set designs, I forget the name of the world, but like the Emperor's ship, where it's a little bit green hued on um, the nineteen eighty four one. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. That's that's one of the things that keeps me coming back to this particular movie. Like that's one of yeah. the scenes that's on right now, and it's it's just really good. It's eye candy to a degree, and especially shout out the Arrow Video 4K transfer. That looks phenomenal. Yeah, really good um, job. Yeah, and I don't know if either of you guys have said it, or but I, I I would love to just throw this out there in case a lot of people didn't know. But check out the documentary for the movie that almost was instead of this. Jodorowsky's yeah. Dune. I'm pretty sure I think Scream or Shout put that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it goes into how um the guy that made Holy Mountain, El Topo, Santa Sangre, he almost made Dune, and oh my, yeah. I want to live in the universe where that happened. Yeah, because yeah, that would have been, been the me golly. too. Yeah, <laughs> that um, would have been crazy. Yeah, I think it would actually would have been really solid after seeing. I mean, that's the only film I saw was the Santa Sangre one, but yeah, I think he would he he could have done a solid job with it. I yeah. think I think and, the issue. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I think the issue with Lynch's Dune is just. Dude, it, it, it's it's it, it, let me go back to the book. So the book is really hard to adapt, right? Because like a yeah. lot of a lot of the novel and, and Lynch does this is kind of like that inner voice where a lot of the characters are talking to themselves like mentally. It's out of you place. Know, yeah. yeah. And, and it's 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 hard to adapt that onto a film. I And I think yeah. I mean, he does it. And I think sometimes it's OK, but sometimes it's just kind of quirky, just pops out of nowhere. But I think the problem with Lynch is doing is just. It, it it rushes a lot of the material a little bit. And I think that it, it really doesn't, it, I don't think it just has the time to kind of absorb and kind of like, I think will, or you, you said like the, the tension, like the boxing with the, with the hand, like it's, yeah. it's kind of campy. It's kind of goofy. It's kind of rushed. And like, you really don't get a sense of like what's going on. Yeah. Um, so like narratively, I think it's just kind of like quirky and weird. Like you have the inner voice stuff. It's like rushing everything as well. Um, mm-hmm. 
and you guys know I'm not a big fan of like campiness. Like some of the stuff, like when you see the Baron like freaking like floating, like what scene I where they're oh, I can't. <laughs> it's so I love bad. it. <laughs> um, I will say that some of the the I don't know how they did it, but like some of the desert uh, landscape shots, they're actually done pretty well. Yeah. Even the the scene where the the worm kind of uh, devours the 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 harvester. Um, I yeah. like that scene a lot. Um, yeah. And the cast is is generally, in my opinion, they did a great job with the material they were given. Like you got Patrick Stewart, um, yeah. Kyle. I always forget his name. The guy who plays Paul, um, Kyle. Oh, Kyle McLaughlin. Coughlin. Um, you have who else was in this movie? You have quite a bit of standout actors. Yeah, yeah I mean, Brad Dourif, uh, Linda yeah, Hunt. Dourif. You guys might remember her from Poltergeist. She was the yep. uh, like the medium. Um, Virginia Madsen, we talked about before we rolled. Yeah. Kind of like stacked cast to be honest if you look at it uh everett mcgill who's been in a lot of david lynch's stuff you know he's been in twin peaks um and then i think shawnee was played by you may have mentioned it earlier gay but sean young um mm-hmm. who obviously was also famous uh starring alongside harrison ford in uh in blade runner so yeah I yeah, think that the, the cast is great and like their performances are great. Like I don't have any issue with the performances really. I mean, with the material they were given, it's just, yeah. I think either studio interference or I, I, I need to kind of delve into the history of it. I don't know how much of it was studio interference or how much of it was Lynch's kind of quirky approach to the screenplay. It's, it's, it's kind of hard for me to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I know this is like, like you guys said, this is like one of Lynch's movies that are kind of like an outlier. This is typically like not really mm-hmm. a representation of what he does, but it, it's so weird that I, I have trouble kind of determining like where everything went wrong. And I know that studio interference is brought up a lot, but I mean, he wrote the screenplay prior to the movie coming out, didn't he? Like he wrote an entire yeah. screenplay on his they own. They just wanted it to be more like Star Wars. They kept overriding what he wrote. Yeah. Like just doing mm-hmm. the success of Star Wars, okay. they, they wanted their own since it was a different studio for that published yeah. or from what published, it was Universal. So they wanted you know big box office draws, knowing that the source material was very similar because it was very Frank Herbert was very vocal about that at the time, still had admiration for Star Wars. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think he Frank Herbert, rest in peace, passed away like three months after this movie came out. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah it was very I mean, shortly it, it, after. It's I mean, my take on it is I, I, I don't love it, to be honest with you guys. Like, I don't really like pop it in. I, I have the arrow release somewhere on my shelf. It's, it's it, and I popped it in for like 40 minutes just to watch it, just to see the transfer. But it's not like a movie that I'm like, I'm always revisiting. You know what I mean? If anything, I think yeah. that 2021, which we're about to get into, I think it, it takes a lot more time to kind of flesh things out. And you don't I, I, even with the difficulty of adapting the source material with kind of like the inner monologues and everything like that. I think that 2021 does a better job of it, but yeah, um, I can see why people like 1984. Um, it, it has a lot of redeeming qualities about it, but it's just, it's just not my thing. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Will? 1984. Yeah. <clears throat> There's not much I can follow up with what you guys have already said. I mean, if anything, I guess I'll just kind of add, you know, sprinkle some, some little tidbits of what I think here and there. Um, yeah. As far as uh, I'll get into the David Lynch thing first, because and correct me if I'm wrong, this may have been his third feature film. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else he put out around that time. I think he didn't do Blue Velvet until two or three years later, because this was 84, and I think Blue Velvet might have been 87. Yeah. Uh, and, and then Wild at Heart, and then Twin Peaks into the 90s, and so on and so forth. But Eraserhead, uh, Eraserhead, I'm sure, came out before this, and then and I know Elephant he did Man. The Elephant Man. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe one other movie. So, I mean, he was... I mean, I guess we could say by that point, he's still a relatively new director in terms of a talent as well. So mm-hmm. um, to, to, I guess, piggyback off of what you said, Gabe, I also question how it came to be what what we know is the final product that, that we have before us, whether or not it was more so David Lynch attempting to approach the source material from however, you know, where his point of view was and how much of that was studio interference, because I tend to believe the studio interference, wanting it to be more like Star Wars, because you could mm-hmm. those references are are clear to see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of what I noticed watching it. Like, oh, okay, I can see this situation being one where the studios come in and rewrite this because this looks more like something out of the Star Wars universe, you know. Which is, I guess, I could say disappointing because it, it, it's one of those things where I agree with what Chase said. I think to to see 
um, Jodorowsky's Dune would have been interesting because I feel like we would have gotten a, a much better product at the end of the day. I just think his vision more so lines up with how I could interpret the Dune universe. And again, coming from somebody who's never read the novels, you know, I'm, I'm not as up to speed as, as the both of you are. So I'm strictly approaching this from um, a cinematic point of view, right? Yeah. Um, I don't have the narrative of the novels to go by. Um, that being said, regarding the narrative structure, I will say the first half of this movie, I think, is much more cohesive. Uh, I think it last. falls apart really halfway through is when it starts to kind of lose itself. And then it just kind of becomes a mess from that point on. Now, that being said, um, overall, I mean, do I enjoy it? I mean, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's not something I'm going to watch again for quite some time. I also have the Arrow 4K on my shelf. So it's just a, a movie that I can appreciate for certain aspects, right? I, I appreciate the special effects. As Chase said, they did a really good job with the practical makeup effects and even some of the sets, like you were saying, Gabe, like those battle scenes in the desert, I thought those were really well done. Um, so it definitely has things about it that stand out that I think are done really well. I just think ultimately, um, and to, to think about the time period that this was released as well, it's not like something like Star Wars where, you had three movies to kind of tell that story. You know, it'd be interesting to see if they gave him the chance to make multiple films with this universe, because I feel like that's something that obviously the newer films are doing much better. They have that time to let the story really breathe because it's hard, as we all know, to take a novel or a work like that and try to cram it into an hour and a half, an hour, 40 minutes, you know, two hour runtime, you know, it's just, yeah. it's hard to do that. And I think, we get a lot of that exposition, which, you know, Lynch and and maybe the studio felt was needed to kind of get people to understand what exactly is happening in this world, what's going on with these characters, because there is a lot to pay attention to. Like, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different characters in this movie. So uh, I, I just think that's something that this film doesn't necessarily accomplish, right? Um yeah. Like even in the beginning, we talked about it before we rolled, like the Virginia Madsen, her character <laughs> kind fading of fading in and out. You know, and then in the fading in and out. I mean, I it's funny, but it's again, it, it like Chase said, it comes across as a bit goofy, a bit quirky. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of I guess we could say like that Lynchian melodrama in, in this movie as well. Not not constant, but there's moments of it. Yeah. Flares um, up. And yeah, and that reminds me of something like Twin Peaks where, you know, not to get into that, but if I can make a reference, like Twin Peaks is a show that it, it can be incredibly serious at times, and then it just goes into these moments where it's just sheer melodrama, and it's almost, it's comical, and it's intended. Mm -hmm. um, I just think it works better within Twin Peaks because with that, you have a whole series of episodes that you can get familiar with. So it it kind of becomes a motif of the show, whereas with this movie, it, it's one film. So to yeah. have that kind of thrown in there and then you have those serious moments it's almost like i just i don't think it necessarily works with you know the type of story that that dune is it just doesn't necessarily fit and there's moments in there uh, and I, I talked about it before we rolled just some goofy stuff that's thrown in there like patrick stewart's character running into battle with the pug in his arms like it's just like what? <laughs> they're on the on ship with, yeah the dogs there's a lot of scenes with like pugs and like dogs it's kind of weird it, it just it kind of yeah. throws me off but i, I do agree that i said this before we rolled too that i do think that lynch does a decent job in setting up some of the world like when paul is actually I think it's right mm -hmm. before Patrick Stewart comes in. I haven't seen it in a minute, but he's like sitting down and he's at the computer and shows the different planets and which house yeah, belongs to which planet. Yeah, he's like researching. Yeah. And I'm like, that's actually a good way to kind of at least give some exposition of like what this world is. And that's mm -hmm. the and, and Chase would know more than I than I do about the books. But like th this world is just so dense. It, it's hard to kind yeah. of encapsulate everything within, especially the first novel within like two hours. It's like it, there's just mm -hmm. so many different like stuff going on with the politics of the world and like the Fremen and the different houses, all this, all these different dynamics. It's, it's a hard yeah. book to adapt. And I, and I'm glad that they gave Denis kind of some wiggle room with doing part one and part two, because I think that that really, you know, it, it allows them to kind of flesh out and take a little bit more time in developing the characters and the story too. Um, Cause if this was yeah. a two hour movie, I, I'd, or two and a half hour movie, I don't think it would have done well, at least with a when I'm, I'm talking about 21 uh, specifically. Yeah, right. So, 
Yeah, um, and we'll, we'll get into the Denis mm-hmm. film too, Gabe. And that's uh, just to piggyback off of what you said with the in terms of the narrative. And that's why I felt like Lynch's film really fell apart in that second half because I just felt like by that point, it's like, okay, they they got most of what they wanted to get out in the first half regarding the, the structure, the world building, the political situation that these characters are experiencing amongst each other. Um, and, and it feels like they're really trying to cram everything in to that runtime. And that's, that's, that's where I feel like it just kind of loses it in that second half. There's just so many things happening uh, and it can be hard to follow if you're not, you know, really invested or haven't read the books in, in that, in that case. Um, and I think, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the newer film, but I think Denise film does a much better job. Um, and again, I haven't read the book. So Gabe or Chase, you guys can kind of probably uh, talk about this a little more in depth, but in terms of the political themes that are present in the books, I think from what I've, when I've read and after watching 2021, I think they do a much better job of presenting those themes and, and setting up um those situations it's just i think they explain the politics of the world a little bit better than lynch's film does so yeah i don't know did you guys have any other thoughts about 1984 because i know we want to get into 2021 which is a much better film to talk <laughs> you just, you just want to run that conversation yeah, lynch, i'm sorry it. dude it's it's like it's it's just it is what it is with that movie I, i'm just not a big fan mm-hmm. of it i appreciate lots of different aspects of it like you guys said it's just I just don't feel like, at least from reading the book, it, it didn't do any justice to a lot of the source material, and it's just kind of quirky to watch. Yeah, I appreciate it, because, like, I mean, it's just, like, kind of like the hypotheticals about Jodorowsky. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, I, I think at the time, like, they, because Jodorowsky only has, like, five or six different movies. His most recent ones is, are, like, autobiographies, because apparently he had a pretty weird and wild, I think I was telling you about this, he had a really weird and wild life, like, mm-hmm. definitely worth checking out those movies. I forget the name of them. But they, he's releasing it in three parts. The third part releases this year. He's already released the first two. But otherwise, he only has El Topo, Holy Mountain, Santa Sangre, and like one other one. So at the time, they were pretty much tit for tat, being known for being like in the weirder side of spectrums. He had, uh, David Lynch had a lot of short films based on the filmography that I was checking out and everything like that. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I have appreciation for it. Because even with uh, the ideas that Jodorowsky had, doesn't mean that the studio wouldn't have been almost made it come out the same you know yeah, what i right. mean so they might have interfered too yeah exactly um but in a hypothetical world you know <laughs> like if he could still just make exactly what's presented in that i think it's like two and a half three hour long documentary about it i would have been super over the moon and happy about that um so yeah um let's go ahead and transition off um to dune 2021 gabe uh, i'm glad there's still dogs in the year 10,191 <laughs> yeah they're still breeding yeah <laughs> bugs and stuff i mean 2021 was an interesting movie because it it, it it we talked a little bit about it before we rolled i think it does a really good job of showcasing the world developing the characters and introducing a lot of the politics but even it, it also does an interesting job at keeping a lot of stuff like ambiguous and in the shadows too. Like you're introduced to a lot of the politics, but you still, interestingly enough, you don't see the emperor in part one, you know what it, that, mm-hmm. that, and I think I kind of liked his approach to that. It, it's kind of like leaves kind of like this mystery in terms of like what the emperor emperor's doing and his, you know, his grand scheme and all that. So I think mm-hmm. the way Denis did it, he kind of fed us enough to kind of, you know, keep our interest, you know, uh, engaged with the movie but he left a lot out as well to kind of reserve for part two um the the only issue and i think you guys had the same issue with it chase i don't think i've ever talked 2021 with you so it'd be interesting seeing like what your thoughts were on the ending but like i think at least to a lot of people i think the ending of part one was just kind of anticlimactic um and it just kind of ends um it it was kind of a weird experiencing experience watching it the first time in theaters where you know that he has this fight and then it's over <laughs> and, it, yeah. and, it, and it just cuts to the credits and you're like man i i don't know how it, it, it almost like it, it could really impact your perception of the movie as a whole because you're really not getting like an intense climax so to speak um which a lot of part ones struggle with i'm trying to think of like other films that you know came out as a part one part two kind of deal the only one I can think of is like freaking Harry Potter. I don't know any other ones, but like a lot of them do struggle with that kind of like 
part one kind of like you know we can't reach the ultimate peak here we can't reach that ultimate climax because we're saving everything for part two um i think he could have done something a little bit differently i don't know if that was the best place to leave it in terms of part one from reading the book i think that maybe there could have been another scene he could have used as kind of the climax for that film but um overall i think the everything else about the film is is super solid the performances are great the uh, cinematography is great um i love the fact that he shot it i think he sh- shot it in digital and then ran it through some film and then scanned the film to kind of get this like film effect yeah um, um which is freaking super interesting as all hell and and i know mean, i know we're going to talk part two here in a little bit but you know with part two him introducing imax cinematography i think that you know he he's he's done a great job really kind of building this world and keeping people invested in it but i i think that's my only issue with part one is, is the is the ending and, and i'm curious chase like what what did you think about the ending like from reading you because you had read the whole book prior to seeing part one right yeah it stops what? like right before the second act really kicks off if i remember right yeah because like i read it, these like the first in, third right yeah the i read these all throughout like the mid 2010s so like I, I remember a lot of like the, the the political pinpoints and stuff like that, but that's pretty much it. In regards to the ending, that's the part where he goes like from the trailer, right? Where he like yeah, yeah okay. So that's how it ends. I mean, I feel like I mean I knew there's a part two. You know, it, it's kind of the way that like across the or, yeah, it's across the Spider Verse ends. It's like of course like I didn't want it to end the way that it ended, but I knew there was more coming. The only thing that irritated me is I think it was supposed to be a year later, then it became another year, and then it became three, you know, (laughs) like it kept coming out like a year later. So because they weren't, they they didn't film them side by side because they wanted to see how Dune Part 1 did. Mm -hmm. And then they filmed Dune Part 2 as far as I'm aware. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I think that's a good springboard and that brings a foundation for why Dune Part 2 runs what Dune Part 1 is like two hours, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Maybe in a yeah, half, so like two and a half hours, maybe. Yeah, because this one's running three hours and I think one minute. Yeah, for two and a, is it one hundred fifty-five minutes for part one? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. so about two yeah, because they have a lot of world building in there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I think it was for as good as it is. I mean, it it gives you a little bit after like the final battle, and then it really it it keeps you curious because that that part right there is where things really springboard, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's whenever like Paul Atreides becomes the Paul Atreides that he is throughout the rest of the books that he's in, right? So as you start going through, I, I, I really do think that was probably the perfect part. Otherwise, they probably would have had to make it three hours and 15 minutes for the next part to make sense to cut out of it, mm. you know, at least for what it is. And yeah, because Doom part, yeah, it's over three hours. Let me see. Yeah, two in part two, I think hits three hours exactly, from my understanding. I haven't two uh, hours and forty six minutes. Oh wow, I thought it was oh, three and a half. Two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I thought it was over. Okay. Let me nice. see. Saying... Yeah. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, one sixty seven. I I thought it was like just at three hours. Yeah. Same. So I mean, that's that's pretty healthy, and because otherwise, yeah, this one would have had to have been shorter, and then that one would have had to have been about thirty minutes longer. For the mm-hmm. next part to make sense otherwise you just would have been absolutely blue balled with where they had to because that's where the rest of the movie just i mean to be yeah. honest it felt blue balled <laughs> like <laughs> yeah like and you you know like where it's going so you have a different yeah. kind of but me going into the movie i i hadn't read the book at the time yeah. i i blue balled i'm like it just it just cuts and it's like over. yeah and i don't know yeah. i saw will kind of nodding his head did you have the same experience will were you kind of like what the hell <laughs> why did it yeah just i'm with you <clears throat> yeah i'm with gabe because um again as i said I'm, I'm not approaching this from having read the novels i'm i'm approaching it simply as a moviegoer you know just for the cinematic experience and yeah it was kind of i don't know just felt a little i, I felt like they could have there could have been a little more of a finality to it than there was i, I just think that yeah. and but that i mean you know that's really the only thing about it that was kind of uh the only thing I didn't like, I guess, was how they ended it. You know, I just mm-hmm. and not even that I necessarily think it's a bad ending, because, again, if you read the books, as Chase was saying, obviously, you you can understand why they they made that editing choice, why they chose to go that route. But, yeah, um, yeah, I think cinematically, it doesn't necessarily give you as much of the payoff that you were hoping for. So and, and that's really that's my take on that, at least. But so let me ask yeah. you guys this. If Dune Part Two picks up well from that point and finishes it well will the ending be better for you knowing that it's a two-parter 
uh, will you look question. at it differently? You know what I mean? Mm. Like if, if it cohesively uh, ties it together, right. With what I'm saying, which I think you guys will, I think, I think from that point, cause like it really yeah. springboards from that point. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think you guys might look at it differently unless like, you know, five hours of adventure isn't necessarily your thing, but it'll become one cohesive unit. Do you think if you get that takeaway from there and understand why they dropped off at that point, cause they could have dropped at a different point. The movie just would have had to either be, Hmm. They, they probably would have had to either end which uh, nobody would have liked Dune part one if it ended right before like the whole you know raid of the of uh, arrakis and stuff like mm-hmm. that if it didn't right. show that people wouldn't have been happy oh people would i don't pissed. yeah i don't i don't think we would have gotten a part two <laughs> even though the movie still would have been good so you would have either had to have ended it right before that or gone a little bit further past where they did end it and of course the I, movie's going to pick up from there i think that to to uh, this is just me because i mean yeah. I, I think that I still would judge these movies individually. Like, okay. uh, and, and I, it's weird, man. It's hard to kind of describe. It's almost like, um, I'm trying to think. I mean, the only one I can think of is Harry Potter off the top of my head, part one, part mm-hmm. two. And I, and I actually love both of those films. I think they did a solid job because I'd read the books yeah. too. But like part one, even when you watch it now, it's still almost like the Dune kind of thing where it's like, it doesn't reach this like climax. It's like, you can tell there's going to be a big climax, but it just cuts off. And even yeah. when I retrospectively watch that movie, knowing the ending and having seen part two, I'm still kind of like, man, this is still like a blue ball kind of feeling yeah. like when you watch it. So I don't know. I mean, but it, it'd be interesting too, kind of because I heard he might do a part three with like the second book. Messiah. So, yeah, Messiah. He so I don't to. know. Like, you know what I mean? This is it, it's going to be kind of like a weird fluctuation of like part yeah. one, part two, part three. And I and I don't know at this point, like if he should just leave this as like part one, part two for the first one, and then just call the second, the third one, something else. Cause it's, it will, it's, it has yeah, to be, cause, cause it's set it, way after. Yeah. So like, it, it's just kind of like a weird fluctuation, but at least for me, I, I still would judge these kind of individually. Um, yeah. Yeah, like star, I mean like even though star Wars is a bad example, um, because obviously it's like one cohesive story as a trilogy, the original trilogy, I still go back and look at those films individually and I can say, you know, like Return of the Jedi isn't as good as, you know, the yeah. first two were, even though I know what the whole cohesive story is. So I, that that's just me, though. Oh, so I'm not the only one that doesn't like Return of the Jedi as much as the other two. <laughs> OK, I think that's a I think that's a mass consensus. <laughs> oh, really? I usually get shit on for that idea. Really? Yeah. Yeah, really? dude, I, I really don't care yeah. much for Return of the Jedi. I, I actually like the Ewok and Battle of Endor on a different tangent. But I just I just don't think it's as big of a payoff as it could have been. I think Empire Strikes Back would have been a been a almost better ending. You know what I mean? Than mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi, because I mean, I don't know. Luke kisses his sister. But anyways, back to Dune. <laughs> but back to Dune. So like, yeah. Well, how do you feel about that question that I posed to you? Do you agree with I Gabe? Agree. Or do you feel differently? I'm, no, I'm with Gabe. I mean, I I have to look at them as individual films because let's just put it this way and i always try to approach it from this standpoint regarding whether it's trilogies that pick off you know or pick up right after the other if we never got a second movie hypothetically speaking Mm -hmm. yeah then which was a possibility which was about yeah well yeah in this case yeah it, it may have not happened right so yeah i have to look at it from that point of view is like if if we never got a part two does that first film end? Uh, is it a satisfying climax? And no, I, I don't. I don't think it was. I, I do think it fell short. So now, I mean, if I'm watching them back to back, literally, then okay, I guess I can see that making more sense. But even then, like, I, I still, I, I would still want more of a, a satisfying finale for for no. the first film. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I would that. feel that way about. And again, that's more of like a general approach of how I look at that kind of thing. Mm. Um, and that happens all the time. I mean, you know, there's certain films that come out and you watch it knowing that, okay, if this does well, they're definitely going to have a sequel, which is why things happen the way they do. But even then, I mean, you, even as I think a, a director or whoever's putting the movie out as a studio, you you want that first film to be a cohesive, you know, well, it, I just feel like, you have to have a sense of finality. You have to have some kind of climax, some kind of payoff, regardless of whether or not there's going to be a second installment. So yeah, I, I, I feel the same. I think I'd still look at it that way 
yeah um, and, it, and it's no a weird it, it's a weird dynamic though too because we're not just talking about a, like a second installment sequel we're talking about like a part two to the Literally same story continues. right so like yeah, yeah so like it, it's hard to kind of compare it to like because i was thinking mentally while you were talking well i'm like like godfather part one and part two i mean mm -hmm. i think those are two different books though but I, it does a good job like whereas part one has its own kind of story that's separate and but then yeah. part two has its own story that's separate but it's like one common thread throughout yeah. um i think that that those films did a fantastic job doing that but this is like one book exactly um, but but you know what lord of the rings was one book technically i know it's split up in terms of like you know fellowship two towers and return of the king but it, it that was one book too you yeah. know what i mean and and they it's i think each of those just titled differently and each each of those films had a really good climax you know what i mean that, that that's that transitioned into the the next installment really well so um and then the the other complaint which i don't know a lot of people don't talk about this but um zendaya uh shawnee is like barely in part one which is yeah. it's, it's because of yeah that yeah that's like why, where they like, left yeah. it off and it, and it's kind of weird though because you more see her yeah. you know you see flashes of her in the dreams and stuff and you're like yeah. intrigued and you want to see who this character is and then you know the, like you hear her talk like one sentence and then the movie's over and it's kind of like yeah well crap i didn't really get to see you know who she was or who the fremen are really i know that second film's going to dive deep Much into more. that right yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah. the whole but, yeah it's, you know, like, I, I guess Lord of the Rings is a good example because that is one book separated into three different parts. Um, and I feel like they, they adapted that in a way that was, you know, you had a good climax for each uh, installment that that transitioned into this, the next installment really well. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I still have to finish the book to kind of make a good judgment if, you know, where yeah. Denis, I mean, but Denis has read this book from what he said, like multiple times, you know what I mean? Like, he's yeah. a huge fan of this book. So I mean, I, I trust his judgment. You know what I mean? If that's where he thought it needed to end, that's where he ended it. Um, but this is a hard yeah. book to adapt. It really is, especially because it's not a big book or like mm -hmm. as big as some of the other ones. It is still it's a hefty boy for sure, but it's not as big as some of the, like the other guys that have been adapted. But I think that's a fair thing to put in there um, whenever it comes to Lord of the Rings, because it is one cohesive story like you can't I mean, you can like I had seen I just turned it on. I didn't know whenever I was younger, it was on cable. I watched part of what's the third one Return of the King. Yeah, I had seen like the middle half of that one was super confused, but I still had a lot of fun with it. And then I think I yeah, just last year, I finally watched all three of them. I had seen Fellowship a few years ago. But I just finally watched all three of them on the extended editions. And it's a, a really solid journey. And I can definitely um, understand your take on that. I guess it's just it's the way that like, what was it? Mockingjay was the third Hunger Games movie. Oh, that's then, another the, good the, example. Yeah, yeah you know, and then, yeah, your Harry yeah. Potter example. Like, you know, Hollywood has gone from like, OK, whenever we start getting to a certain runtime or over three hours, We've got to make it if you want something else. We've got to make it into two parts for financial reasons, for budgetary reasons and stuff mm -hmm. like that. It's kind of like Avatar 3 and 4. Avatar, or uh, not uh, 3 and 4, 2 and 3 were shot side mm -hmm. by side. Avatar yeah. 3 is completely done. Avatar 2 made enough money where 3 is nothing but pure profit. Yeah. As soon as it comes outside of advertising. Well, I mean, even still, it's probably still pure profit. You know what oh, I yeah, mean? Oh, yeah, the way those films perform. Yeah, but they're not parts one, two, and three. Like, like Avatar 2 doesn't pick up directly after, mm -hmm. you know? I literally feel like it, it's, again, like, you know, for people that have read the books, I, I'd assume at least probably a good chunk of the people, not everybody that's tuning in has read at least some of the book or anything like that. But mm -hmm. I, I really do find it to be a really good springboard. It, it all makes mm -hmm. sense. Like the complaints, like uh, whenever this movie was coming out, all made sense to me. You know, I was yeah. like, well, you know, if we get a part two, all of those complaints, it's kind of like across the Spider-Verse. I said the same thing. I despised how it ended because mm -hmm. like it felt like it was just it across the Spider-Verse had these waves where it felt like it was constantly. It's like I've, you guys have played the first Red Dead Redemption where it feels like it's going to end like four or five different times yeah. and then it keeps going. That's how Across the Spider-Verse felt for me. And then I didn't want it to end like that third or fourth time. I felt like mm -hmm. it was going to end for the part two. You know what I mean? But I feel like I'll appreciate it a lot more whenever the the part two for Across the Spider-Verse comes out, whenever that does, as one cohesive five, six hour long film. Because that's the yeah. way that I approach these. Of course, I'm not going to sit down and watch 12 hours of Lord of the Rings and judge it that way, because that's a very fair argument on your end. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, very climactic mm -hmm. and it, it mm -hmm. really hits the nail on the head. That's very fair. I just think the way that movies have kind of changed knowing that there's a part two versus probably around the time Lord of the Rings came out, you had your fans 
But those movies really springboarded that into a different type of fandom and, you know, popularity from Peter Jackson himself versus yeah. what J.R.R. Tolkien already had established, right? Those are just right. a whole new level of popular now after those movies. So that's the way I'm going at it because a lot of the complaints I hear make sense. It's like those will be answered in part two, but it was completely yeah. fair. Well, what if we don't get a part two? Well, then I probably would have been in the same boat. Yeah, it just kind of sucks how it ends, but at least we got the, the, the battle. At least we got yeah. the battle yeah. scene would have been my cope. You know what I mean? I think that some of oh, go ahead, Will. No, I was just going to say regarding the ending, I mean, most people that have not read the books are probably going to come away with that kind of reaction yeah. because, yeah. again, yeah. They're, you know, most people who go to the movies, they're just going to see a movie, right? Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. might not necessarily be even fans of the book. They may not even know that books exist, right? I mean, yep. uh, to some degree or another. So, you know, I, I try to look at it like that, too. It's like, okay, I understand that it works in the context of the novels. It works in the yeah. context of the books, but most people or a large majority of people are not, they're not looking at it through that context. They're looking at yeah. it as whether or not Stand it alone. works as a, as a feature film. So, yeah. So do you all. think, let me, let me pose this question to you guys. Cause yeah. I would argue. So like, if you look at like the analogy I use with like Lord of the Rings, right? Like the, the, mm -hmm. the way part one ends in the book, it's not like a huge climax the way it's kind of written, you know what I mean? No. But I think never the way is. Peter Jackson, <laughs> ad yeah, yeah, the way yeah. they adapted it, it was kind of yeah. like a climax. And I'm wondering if Denis could have done maybe something to spice up the, the, the fight between him and uh, I forget the guy's name, Jar, uh, I forgot the guy's name that he fights, Paul. It's not Jarvis, uh, is it? Jarvis. I was about to say Jarvis, but it sounds wrong. Like I'm, I'm yeah, like thinking Jarvis. of like Marvel. Yeah, someone Jerry. He, the, yeah, Jerry. He fights Jerry, right? So, but like, I, like I as a as a filmmaker, knowing that this is the end of the film, I'm wondering, do you guys think that maybe he could have done something to spice that fight up, right? Because like obviously, as a filmmaker, you're not adapting directly from the book as much as we want to because yeah. there are some elements from a book that just don't translate to film so i'm wondering yeah. if he could have done something to spice that battle up maybe bring more people or bring paul to kind of like you know where the fremen are and i mean that would be different from the book but you know and hold the battle there just to kind of make it more of a grand spectacle and then kind of like end part mm -hmm. one do you guys think that he could have done something like that yeah I actually kind of, so I was absolutely going to say that um, to a degree, yes and no, right? Mm -hmm. So, but then I started thinking while you were talking that whole time, he completely beefed up the entire battle scene, you know, like the invasion scene of Arrakis, you know, yeah. um, for the spice and everything like that. Because, I mean, it's just like we said, it's very short, very, very short in the book. Um, and then it gets right back to the politically motivated part of the movie. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, because I would say, no, you really can't because then people would be like, ah, oh, no, you know what I mean? No, mm -hmm. you changed the book too much because even like really good stuff, people tend to say that about even whenever it's actually warranted, you know, yeah. um, it's kind of like the Shining movie is good, but then everybody tells you the Shining book is better. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I admire that you like the book, right? But then you take a lot of creative freedoms and then people are going to have problems with it that are fans of the source material. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Den I, I believe in Denis. He's never missed. No, for you sure. Know, so he's, yeah, he's one of my favorite directors out right now. Um, yeah, I, I just think, you know, if I'm looking at it critically as a director, I think that maybe, you know, you could and who knows, maybe he saw it. And when you know, when he was filming that ending, he was kind of like, this is like a climax to me, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Paul's here. And this is kind of like, what you said, Chase, this is like, you know, the, the that point, the springboard point where he's going to be different in, in part two. So maybe when Denis was filming that, he saw it as like a climax, but it maybe just didn't translate that well when it actually came out. Um, yeah. And honestly, I think we, we just focus on the ending so much because everything about this movie, at least 2021, everything else is fantastic. Like, I loved everything else about 2021. I think the performances yeah. were great. The special effects were great. The cinematography was great um the world building was freaking phenomenal um yeah it's it's a freaking outstanding movie um yeah. and i'm excited for part two i mean what what are you guys looking forward to in terms of like watching part two can i really even talk about that because i mean no you know spoilers I mean? yeah I, I, don't, I, yeah you know it's just yeah, like you can, you yeah can you know what i mean like because everything that like i'm hearing you guys like i'm over here like mm, you know like zendaya yeah. not being in it much you know the fremen and stuff like that like we're gonna get all that you know like that, yeah i'm already i already got to make you want the book but i mean like yeah. what about like just as like a movie goer like what about like when the trailer oh, i'm looking for scene the, and yeah austin butler 
Uh, he's sure. a fucking phenomenal actor, man. Yeah, great actor. Uh, him as Fade Routha. Um, I'm looking forward to more of the Emperor-based scenes because those mm-hmm. were kind of yep. a little absent because um, he has his own chapters throughout mm-hmm. the you know throughout the book, and those are some of the most powerful moments in the entire book. Whenever you know the dialogue. So I'm just looking forward. I think Dave Batista is playing. Is he playing the Baron or is he playing the Emperor? No, Dave is um um the other um, nephew, the other uh, yeah. Baron's nephew. Oh, okay. Um, um oh God, it's Christopher Walken, isn't it? Stellan, Christopher Stellan Walken Stellan. is the Emperor. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. I, I want to see uh, it. <laughs> you guys mentioned the Baron. It's is his name Stellan Skarsgård. He's um, yeah. I can never say his freaking name. He's a fantastic he actor. Plays, he plays the Baron. I will say real quick, I think they did a much better job with the Baron. Like, uh, Gabe, you were talking about in the Lynch film, it's just kind of goofy how he floats around. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. actually kind of creepy how they, they do it in this one, how they introduce him. I thought that was really yeah. well done. It's, yeah. it's very kind of subtle, just kind of like, I mean, like the in Lynch's, it's just, you know, he's just fat and like <clears throat> floating around, zipping around. And this one, it's kind of like yeah. you, you really get a sense of like his pr- like overpowering presence. You know what I mean? And he's just kind of like floating like ever so lightly. And it's it's just done a lot better. But yeah, Christopher Walken as the emperor. I think that that's like the most genius casting <laughs> Because I, I would never have thought about Christopher Walken <laughs> as the Emperor. Yeah. Um. And I mean, you have uh, more Shawnee with Zendaya. You have um. I can never say the princess's name. Florence Pugh is playing a princess. Is it Irulan? Irulan. Irulan. Um. Which mm-hmm. I'm excited because she's a fantastic actress. Um. I mean, yeah, you get a lot more with this one, and at least from the, what I'm seeing in the trailers. Um, and from what I've heard Denise saying is like, I think, correct me if I'm wrong. I think he filmed most of this movie with IMAX or, or all of it with IMAX. Oh. It could be all of it. Um, that's yeah, I know you're excited for that. Cause oh, I'm going to go see it in Dolby. You're going to go I mean, IMAX and I will s- your standard, right? Uh, well, I don't know yet. I'm going to see. Oh, okay. I mean, if okay. I can, if I can get an IMAX showing, I obviously I would prefer to see it in IMAX. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to be a much better experience, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I would, I would rather see it in IMAX no question so dude i mean at least the few minutes i saw of the dune part two like uh they showed five minutes during the tenant reissue and it looks freaking phenomenal in imax dude like it just has so much you can tell like he's like looking for scope at least just with the one scene that i saw so like um i think that's going to add a lot to the movie um yeah i mean it just looks like a bigger scope bigger and, and this is where all the action and obviously the climax of the whole story happens so um, I, I I can see, and people have already come out with their not reviews, but like reactions from seeing part two, and it sounds like it's mm. it's way better than part one in every way from what people have said. So, um, I'm excited for it, man. It should be a solid movie. Is there anything we want to talk about? Because I mean, we really kind of talked about the ending of part one. We spent a lot mm-hmm. of time on that. Is there anything else that you guys want to mention about? the 2021 film that you thought was really well i mean from anything else in the movie like i mean i I thought yeah most of it was ferguson (laughs) i like rebecca (laughs) ferguson i don't know i'm I'm, I'm for real no i think that she really does a good job in that movie as the Mm. as paul's mother i think that she like yeah yeah like it's i think like she portrays a lot more of like kind of the inner conflict um that's mm-hmm. what's going on with the story and she just she's great in everything that she's in rebecca ferguson so i think that she does a great job and also our boy uh, oscar isaac i forgot oh, yeah. to mention him um with the brief you know screen time he got i think he did a fantastic job too yeah, yeah. Oscar the Isaac's cast great. is pretty well-rounded too i mean even jason momoa like for the roles that he usually plays i felt that his character like he, he was played just right like Mm-hmm. everybody really even though they have minimal scream time here and there it's uh i don't know i just i feel like denis as a director like th- like sci-fi is his genre he, yeah he just blows it out of the park you know most of his films that i've seen are just phenomenal so i mean if if there was one person to direct these movies uh they they made the right choice with him i just think there's really as i said overall other than the ending there's really nothing else about this that I can, you know, say anything negative about. I mean, yeah, visual else is so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just shot so well. The worms, the worms are cool. yeah. and I, I don't know why I just thought about the popcorn bucket for. <laughs> oh God, 
Well, for part two, Chase Aren't will probably buy that. To <laughs> sex shops, right? They don't actually sell them at AMC. They're exclusive to sex shops. Oh, are they? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think some uh, people... What? So Warner Brothers, they have an official advertising partnership with uh, Amazing Superstore or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That did throw me off when I saw it, though. I'm like, I don't know who. I mean, either it was genius marketing or it was like, the, you know, the dumbest mistake yeah. that just turned into a viral phenomenon because that, that yeah. bucket just looks atrocious. It looks really, really bad. But yeah, I mean, well, it, it's, it's hard to. It, it, part one everything i love everything about part one it's, it's just a phenomenal movie so like that i guess that's why i focus on the ending so much because that's my only like gripe with it um, yeah because i wouldn't really change anything about part one maybe just a little bit more exposition at the beginning i guess it's maybe something mm -hmm. else maybe i would change kind of I, th I think lynch does a good job like i said where he sets paul up and he's doing research and i, I, I denis does this, a similar thing but i think lynch does a really good job at setting up the planets the universe the yeah. you know the dynamics between the houses so with the knee you're kind of learning as you go along but mm -hmm. um i think he killed it i think he honestly did a fantastic job and that that boxing that um that denis did uh with the ben h ezra i i think that that scene's freaking fantastic just mm -hmm. the lighting and and the the set design and all that stuff and and it's not as corny as lynch's where you're seeing the hand <laughs> actually mm -hmm. you know burning up inside the box i, I like the, the mystery there. of it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic movie sound yeah, design I agree. we gotta shout that out oh yeah the sound oh, yeah. is crazy really good and you're seeing sound i think you're seeing good. part two on an atmos right chase fuck yeah dolby all the way always <laughs> every single time bro <laughs> I'm gonna try always. and see it a second viewing in in Atmos because I, I I'm just conflicted. I, I I'm always about that IMAX cinema, cinematography, but I I, I want to see what he does with the with the Dolby Atmos. It should be pretty yeah. solid, especially I'm with the final a battle sucker for the sound. Always overheads and like, Will, have you been to Dolby? I know Gabe, you have. Yeah. No, I don't. It's it's weird. I I don't have one for like hours. It's like Damn. hours away. Oh, man, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. sucks. It sucks. Yeah. Do they they have in I, I'm almost positive either that or like the one sub and because of the way that it is and the setup behind you, I'm almost positive they have individual subwoofers underneath or very, mm. very closely spacely like dude, because there's just times like the part in Morbius, man, I'll never forget whenever he goes like, you know, the Morbin time scene and then he like <laughs> you know, he like jumps up, just the way it rattled, man. Yeah. I, that's why I had such a good time with Morbius and then Sonic, you know, that one was good. Night Swim, believe it or not. They, I mean, it mm -hmm. had its moments. Saw in Dolby was pretty cool. I only saw um, the Batman in Dolby. The, the problem with my no, Dolby is that it's, it's far as hell. It's like 40 something minutes away from me. Um, so yeah. that's just yeah, a little road so, trip. Yeah, it's not that bad. Yeah, I complain that people have way worse, but for me, I'm spoiled here. Like everything's so close. So. <laughs> yeah, but I'm was 40, like, I, I wish it was 40. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I saw the Batman in Dolby and that, that I, I just always remember the freaking the Batmobile, the Batmobile scene, dude, that, yep. that thing starting up. I was like, holy crap, this sounds amazing. But yeah. it is it's fucking loud man. Dolby is yeah. loud. Um, some yeah. people actually complain about it. I think my buddy yeah. was saying that he, he felt like it was too loud. Yeah, um, but it'd be interesting seeing part two in Dolby for sure. Oh, yeah. And we'll give you our thoughts here first. Yeah, so we're going to do a review, table. right? Next weekend, we're doing a mm -hmm. Dune Part 2 review. Uh, we're going to yeah. try and post it as soon as we all see it, because I think we're all seeing it at different times. But uh, we're all stoked for it. And it'll be interesting seeing everyone's take on it, because I think, Will, you said maybe conventional or IMAX, if you can see it. I'll be seeing it in IMAX. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking to see what's near me, because I'm actually finding out that they do, I guess, Dolby Cinema does a partnership with AMC which is a big chain yeah. around here. So I'm trying to see if there's one closer because, it, dude, it'd be awesome to see it in Dolby. I mean, if not, though, I'm probably going to go for IMAX because IMAX is pretty close to me. It's like 35 minutes, which is great. So, yeah. I mean, just but saying yeah, that definitely... uh, most people are just going to be excited to see it in general. <clears throat> yeah. Whatever format. I mean, and I think this is probably going to be the biggest movie uh, box office wise of the year. Um, I think this is the one that everyone's been waiting for. And it's dead right now at the movies. There isn't, as far as I'm concerned, there's no other movies playing that are garnering a lot of different buzz right now. So, uh, Madam Web. <laughs> yeah, dude, Will was telling me about that, and it sounded so good. I bought tickets. Bro, I might go see I, it after this. Uh, you guys, I don't know. <laughs> By the I, end of I, our I, conversation, he was already like cha-ching. 
<laughs> I can't. But I, the trailers just look so bad. And then when you said like it, it makes Morbius look like the Dark Knight. I think te- uh, oh, yeah. Will had sent that text, and I'm like, I'm definitely not watching this movie. He ran Morbius... to the theater. Oh my god, dude! Morbius is so bad. I can't. I don't. I don't like Morbius. It's. I, yeah. I know Chase probably liked it, right? Because the it, very was 2000- my first Dolby. Yeah, yeah, it was like 2000, like early 2000s camp kind of yeah. superhero mm-hmm. camp. I got almost like Daredevil vibes with it. Yeah, like Ben Affleck yeah. Daredevil vibes with it. But yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not catching Madam Web anytime soon. But but see, and I was telling Chase this yesterday, Gabe. The thing with Morbius is that although it's horrible, it's it's still enjoyable. You know, yeah. there's there's there's, there's a goofiness to it. it. Yeah, you you can still enjoy it. And Madame Web, unfortunately, is just it's just impossible to really take anything away from it, other than just questioning why anybody thought that <laughs> it was it was passable. You know, even for what it is, it's just I don't know just a weird movie to, to put out there yeah so any other yeah, thoughts on dune guys on david Lynch, say, part one thoughts. part two closing thoughts i think we pretty much said everything we wanted to say i think we're all stoked for this thursday friday saturday whenever we're seeing it but um yeah this is going to be my most anticipated movie of the year so hoping it's solid um and i think we'll be doing some versus videos in between maybe I think in between. Yeah. yeah, do you guys you guys want to talk about what you got? Because I know you guys are going to do a versus video. Do you guys want to plug any of that right now and and let people know? Yeah, we're doing. I think uh, you correct me if I'm wrong, Chase. So you're doing. You just saw Big Lebowski, and I'm doing the Sacrament. Right? Is that the one that we lined up? Uh, no. It was. I mean, you can do because you ended up watching both of the ones. <laughs> you yeah. Gave me and I got. I got to like space out my mind and my time. I, and that's the one like, I wanted you to see too, man. Just because I, I want to see what you think about that. If movie, I understand it's it, quirky and weird. Yeah, it's if you understand it too, because I know a lot of people don't understand it the first time they see it. Yeah. No, I ended up watching. I finished. <laughs> I literally had the credits rolling right whenever I joined with Will. <laughs> For Big Lebowski or Tenet? Yeah, no, Big Lebowski, because I was watching yeah. it on my phone uh, to finish it. Because I, I only had like 20 minutes left, and I had a lot of yeah. fun with it, which we'll talk about. But yeah, you were issued uh, When Evil Lurks and um, The Sacrament. Sacrament. Mm-hmm. So whichever one you want to go up against Big Lebowski, whichever one you're more burning from the soul to talk about. Both. <laughs> <laughs> I have thoughts on both yeah but yeah we'll we'll plug some of those videos and i don't know if you guys have any pickup videos or any other videos you're doing during the week we got dark man and we have a um did you know that one's live already no yeah dark man's live by the time this drops dark man will be live for a couple days um we got a week trailer reactions we'll probably do some more trailer reactions game we can try to do some of those with you too because i think it'd be interesting to have three of us kind of react to trailers so that's yeah, something absolutely. we're going to get into more, you know. I mean, yeah, it's weird. It's we were talking about it before. It's 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 been kind of dry, like on the physical media front for the last several yeah. weeks. You know, nobody's really, other than a few releases here and there. There's not a lot of stuff that people are really, not necessarily excited about. Just not much going on. So yeah, it's just kind of dead recently. So um, yeah. we're just kind of being creative with some of the content we're putting out, and I think we're going to be doing like I, I was going to do maybe a retrospect mm. review on Tenet uh, since I mm. just saw it yesterday in IMAX, but um, we might be doing some of those too. I think Chase and I were talking about doing some more retrospect reviews on like older movies um, yeah. because I think right now, interestingly enough, it is so dead that people are going back and just watching a lot of like older movies that they missed and, right, and right. feedback on that. So I think we we can do some of that as well. Um, but I think that's everything we have lined up for you guys. So we will catch you guys next week. I think the next time you see us, we'll, we will have seen Dune Part 2. Dune Part 2. Yes, Dune and I'm Dune super stoked. <laughs> the Echo. <laughs> you should, you should uh, petition Denis to put that in the opening uh, oh boy. title sequence. Like right when it says Part 2, just have your voice in the background. Yeah. It's part 2. two. <laughs> I, I actually can do a pretty good trailer voice, I think. I think so too, man. You should try yeah. it out. You already got the baseline. Chase was not a believer until he saw the David Gordon Green film. (laughs) That would be great. Oh, man. We got to maybe do have a a will like redo like an old movie trailer. (laughs) Yeah, just silence it. it. (laughs) Talk over it. Yeah. (laughs)
All right, guys. Well, as always, please like, subscribe, comment down below. Let us know your thoughts on uh, 1984 David Lynch Dune and Dune Part 1 and what you're excited for for, for uh, Dune Part 2. Um, and we will catch you guys next time. Take it easy, everyone. Thank you, everybody. From screen to shelf, we'll return. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.